Goodbye and see you later. This is On the Island Reverse Psychology Edition. (laughs) Uh, We're here. We're back for the second to last week of Survivor Edge of Extinction On the Island, the podcast where we talk about Survivor, talk to survivors, and talk to survivors about Survivor. I am your host, a 25-year-old child, Taylor Gaines, and with me, as always... He's the thorn in my side that just won't go away, and I've learned to not listen to 90% of the things he says. It's Tyler B. Commons. <laughs> well, then our podcast is about 90 seconds long if you don't listen to all the crap that I say. <laughs> it's not that I cut it out of the podcast entirely. It's just that I might not be paying attention. You specifically don't listen. I understand that. <laughs> I'm not a listener of this podcast. <laughs> That's nope, actually you're... a lie. <laughs> you're just a creator. Ty... Survivor only has one week left. I know. I there's too many people. I've I think I've said this for a while. Like, why do they go into the finale with six people still alive, and then even this season, like they're bringing another person back, which we know. Like, it's too much. I want to go. Well, it's five. Last right? episode. It's, it's five plus the edge person. Okay, five plus the edge. So it like, ultimately it's six. six. Yeah, it's ultimately six. And like, I don't know why they do that. Get back to like four people so you get a full episode and then it's the final three going into there like whatever i'm nitpicky but that's just how i feel right now i just always feel like whenever we record this penultimate episode of the season my mind is always in a dark place like <laughs> i'm always like the upside down i'm just always it, it always seems like it's setting up where there's one person who's a huge favorite and then like four or five people who are just kind of like Oh, shucks, we still didn't get them. And I I hate that because it always leads into the finale where you're just kind of like, you feel like there are only two possibilities, which is either this person wins or this person doesn't. And that's so limiting to me. And it's even more so this season because it's literally Devin's versus the world. So it's not even like Devin's versus another person. It's like Devin's versus the field. Like we've talked about it in the NBA playoffs, even though it's not a basketball podcast and Aurora hates basketball, it's like the Warriors against everybody else. And like, that's what this episode or like, that's what this season is shaping up to be. It's like Devin's against everyone else. I don't know if this says more about this episode or my like over self aggrandization of myself. (laughs) Should I wait? What word was that? (laughs) How do you say self aggrandizing? I'm what I'm getting at is, okay. I know what word you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm getting at is when Aurora said, I hate basketball, that was the most exciting moment of the season for me because as a pair of podcasters who don't do a basketball podcast, I was thrilled to see that one of the castaways aligned with us. Yeah, we finally get to talk about basketball and it's not like just for you and me to make a reference. She mentioned it. But she she hates it and so do we. That's why we never talk about it. Yeah, I, I can't stand that sport. <laughs> I just... The challenges, uh, I know this is the most boring place to start, but the challenges were good this week. Yeah, they were. They were entertaining. Um, I was reading Dalton Ross, and he, as he said, it's always a plus when you get to see people fall on their face. So mm. in the, I'm doing air quotes, basketball challenge where they had to throw the ball up and then like run through the ropes watching Julie smash her face on the ground a few times. It gave me a little chuckle. Make sure you don't get the basketball challenge confused with the thing the kids are doing these days where they try to eat a whole basketball that's fully inflated just because they think it's funny. Put it up on YouTube. No, it was good. I I found myself actually entertained by both of the challenges and like 
interested in what was happening because they both required like several interesting things. Like you mentioned, running through, trying to catch the ball before it fell, the puzzle, the basketball part. (laughs) I just was actually entertained. And reward, this has been the main narrative of the whole season. The thing we've spent most of the podcast talking about (laughs) was actually good. They got to fly on a helicopter and have a bunch of food. It looked like it was actually good. It was finally worth it. It wasn't like warm PB&Js with flies buzzing around. It was... <laughs> I still do miss the one where they, like, bring a bunch of, like, toys to an orphanage or mm. go meet, like, people in their village and play games with their children. Like, I miss that sort of go out and do some good for the world kind of thing that Survivor used to do. But I guess when you go back to the same place for five years in a row, it's like... What can we do? Go to the same village five years? Like, then it's, they're just dependent on it. Whatever. That's, that's too big of a social issue I'm talking about right now, but I'm, I miss them helping others. Yeah, helping others is good. I wonder if they stop doing it, though, because it makes those people look, like, really weird and exotic, you know? <laughs> Where they're like, look at our Americans bestowing their time upon these strange exotic people. <laughs> I wonder if it gave off that vibe. It's not important, I guess. I, uh... I really want to start just just at with the most important talking point right now, Ty. Let's do it. Which is, why exactly is Rick Devins the favorite to win? I know we've accepted this as fact, and everyone on the island has accepted this as fact, but why? <laughs> I think he... So we've talked about this. I think I even mentioned it a little bit last week about how nobody really hates each other anymore in my little segment I sent in. And... I still feel the same way. Like, nobody hates Devins. They just know that, like, and for that reason, his social game is really good. Um, It's pointed out that his tribal antics are really good, which is all the jury gets to see. And he keeps finding idols, and he's won some immunity challenges. So it's like, nobody actively hates the best player anymore, which kind of makes it unentertaining. But I feel like he's playing modern survivor the way that it's set up to be played the best possible way you can so i don't think aurora actually hates devins i think aurora just knows that he is playing up to the jury and he's playing up to the audience and that's what's gonna show so he seems like the biggest threat right but my thought is there's a distinction between outplaying and outlasting And he's certainly outlasting because he's been on the outs for so long and kept saving himself in a variety of ways and sometimes even been saved just by Survivor literally giving him idols. But I feel like he's not outplaying anyone. And it it, it started to really show for me this week because he has almost never been on the right side of the vote. He's not dictated any play at all. All the big moves in this game that have happened you can credit to a lot of other people that aren't him. The one time mm-hmm. he did make a big idol play was for David and it ended up being meaningless. And I just, I get the, that the theatrics like stick with the jury and they enjoy that kind of stuff. And maybe they're rooting for him because he was on the edge, but it's just so strange that he's getting credit for like, like when, in, when he p- pretended like he was going to play his idol for Julie in this week's episode, in order to get Aurora, Gavin, Victoria, and Lauren to turn on themselves, I couldn't help but notice that, like, no one reacted. None of those people were like, oh, can't believe he did this. They, all, they were all just kind of like, 
They looked at each other, nodded their head, and just kept moving, which made me think that the plan which Lauren initially proposed to vote out Aurora because Julie's a better person to bring to the end anyway was what they had decided to do before coming into Tribal. And the circus show guy is going to do whatever he wants, and it ultimately doesn't matter. But unfortunately, probably for them, he might get credit for, like Aurora said, like his reverse psychology attempt or something. And I just find it like really odd as as a viewer because Lauren and Victoria and Gavin, whoever you want to credit, we can discuss later. But those three have dictated the last two weeks of moves. And Rick has the is the one who's come away looking good both times. Yeah, and I agree if that is your definition of outplay. But that's the thing. Like, it's an ambiguous term. So he's winning challenges. He's climbing trees in the middle of the night to steal or to get immunity idols in the middle of camp. He's working the jury really well. Like, in one sense, he is outplaying them. He might not be behind the moves of the vote outs. He might not be even on the right side of the vote. But, like... Ben Drangerbergen wasn't on the right side of any votes. Or Ben, I said Dan. Ben wasn't on the right side of any votes. But like, yeah, and he Chrissy won arguably should have won that season, to. right? But he won challenges when he needed to. He found found idols when he needed to. So it's like, what is your definition of outplay here? Because I don't think anyone has played terribly well. I think all we talked about this too. All the people that played well and were threats have just been getting picked off over the last six or seven weeks. So now you're left with like going back seeing, to that yeah. ladder illustration. Who's the top rung when we get to the final episode? I even said it could be Gavin. It's looking more and more like it's going to be Rick Devins. But like they're just constantly chopping off the ladder above them that eventually someone's going to be at the top and they're going to get the million dollars. And that's kind of what it feels like. But the thing about it is like, what's the point of all of these maneuvers that are happening and all these orchestrations if Devin's is just going to go like do his weird news anchor bit and get all the credit for it? Like I actually saw a really good tweet. (laughs) I love whenever I say sentences like that because it just sounds like inherently false. But (laughs) there's some Survivor fan named Matty Fresh 24 and he said, it's an effing game of Quidditch where we're just pretending there's one game happening when the actual game is just running around and trying to find something. And I love that because obviously if you know Harry Potter, Quidditch is a deeply flawed sport (laughs) because whatever happens on the field almost doesn't matter because as soon as the, whatever you call it, the seeker finds the snitch, the game just ends and basically, unless you're up by a million points, whoever finds the snitch wins. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. these kinds of season of Survivor feel like that to me where all the gameplay that's happening doesn't matter just because this one guy keeps finding idols. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. And I I think that this is like the overall bigger scope of where Survivor's at. And this is the point I was trying to make last week. You need to get rid of idols. You need to get rid of twists. And you need to let people either like or hate each other and build those alliances that take you to the end. Because we heard the characters in this episode complaining out loud about how many advantages there were they were like Mm -hmm. god i hope they're done (laughs) (laughs) and you just see alliance after alliance exploding because whoever's at the top of that alliance are like oh crap i gotta get him out so i have a resume move oh crap i gotta get him out like for this reason instead of getting rid of people you 
don't like because like you just don't get along. I don't know. It feels it feels too much like a game show and less like a reality show to me right yes. now at this yeah, time. Exactly. Well, here's my other thought too. Like as far as what the contestants actually can do, given the parameters of where they are, why not just treat Rick as if he's not a threat? Like I feel like they're feeding into his legend almost by like following him around and in tribal being like, oh man, we never know what Devons has up his sleeve. And I feel like if they had approached this from the beginning as like, this guy's on the outside, he doesn't know what's happening, we're not really worried about him, then they could have really cut his legs out from under him a long time ago. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's so weird and we always talk about we don't get to see the whole two days or three days, whatever it goes between tribals. But yeah, they're not actually following him through the woods they're not keeping tabs on him they're not shutting him up at tribal they're not making him look bad in tribal literally aurora his entire tribal council was like guys rick is just the best player ever like he's so good you know like there's like there's nothing we can do and the jury is just sitting there hearing that right that's to your earlier point is like this is all the jury sees so why not be like Hey, jury, Devins is a non-factor. Like, he's going to try to make a show, but, like, what he does ultimately doesn't matter. So, like, maybe they could do a better job of taking credit for some of these things. And, you know, the other thing I'm thinking about is maybe they are and we're not seeing it because we we posited this theory a couple weeks ago that, like, the show is so anti-people being able to find a winner's edit now that they constantly mislead you and then vote people out that you thought were in control. And I'm kind of wondering if they're going for some kind of ultimate version of that, which makes no sense to me from an entertainment perspective, but like some ultimate version of that where Devins gets voted out early next week and we're left with several people who we don't know super well, but there's been like some breadcrumbs for us to pick up where like Victoria and Lauren specifically have authored several moves and shown strategic intellect at different points. And like, Maybe they're doing that. I, I'm not super optimistic that they are, but it's just like you said, there's so much we don't see, and I it's hard to say what that means because the narrative they're presenting is like, look at the hero, Rick Devins. <laughs> yeah, we get to see Devins find idols. We get to see Devins run around and like have a fun time. He hid behind that log on the beach, and they had like that angle looking up at Lauren walking past and... And, like, we're being shown that he's this, like, fun, likable, entertaining guy. But if Survivor is truly doing the edit like Christian Hubicki got last season where you think the entire season he's going to win and then he goes out at seven or six or whatever he did, could happen. And honestly, yeah, it doesn't look like Julie has any strategic prowess or say or whatever. So it's basically... Lauren, Victoria, and Gavin, and I think all of them, we've been shown at least little snippets of they've played the game, and they've made some moves, and they've worked with their alliance, and they've said some sort of strategy, and like, that's good that we have a little tiny picture of it, but it's also gonna feel very lessened, like they feel like less deserving of a winner, because there's been no focus on them all season. It's so hard to allocate blame for a bad season of Survivor because it could be any number of things from the theme being bad to like them doing a bad job setting up the advantages and the structure of the game itself to casting straight up to editing 
to any number of things. And I, I'm kind of alluding to what I'm thinking, which is like, I don't think this is a good season of Survivor, mm-hmm. but it's really been an interesting one to follow until this point. And now I feel like it's getting flattened out into something very just two dimen- one dimensional <laughs> with just two possibilities, essentially. Like, we're, yeah. like you said, we're going we're gonna to have one of those three people win and it's going to feel undeserving or we're going to have Devin's win and it's going to be boring. Right. And I feel like, I guess if we're talking big picture on the season, I remember like specifically there's been a few weeks where I'm like, oh, I was totally caught up in the hype and the excitement and like it was fun and it's been entertaining. But I think overall, like you said, when you look at the scope of what's taken place and you see only two people have gone home, <laughs> Reem has been sitting on Extinction Island doing nothing the whole season. Every big threat was voted off just before the merge or just after the merge, at least in our minds. The people that have tried to... In the way it was presented. Al- yeah. Yeah. The ones that try to hold alliances together, the ones that can dominate challenges, the ones that can... Whatever we feel like as viewers make a good survivor, all those people went home a few weeks ago, with the exception of Rick Devins, because no one... Who's outward- already been voted out, by the way. An asterisk worth noting. <laughs> He was, yes, he was voted out, but even when he was voted out, it was, like, by default. He wasn't voted out because they hated him, which I think could ultimately be a good point for why he should win this game, because Survivor set it up this year that somebody's going to come back, or two somebody's are going to come back, and if you come back and you make Final Three and... um, as they mentioned, the Lesu tribe is down to two people, which I had almost completely forgot about those lines being drawn. But now Lauren and Devins are the only two. They set him up for an underdog story and fed him idols and fed him advantages. And literally just the perfect storm for him to walk away. And you'd be like, oh, he was fun. But was he deserving? I love that your ultimate complaint, too, is that people don't hate each other enough. <laughs> yeah, it's like, really a bummer. Come on. Well, I, I guess I should ask you, we talked about this a little bit last week during the family visit episode where my mom came on, but uh, do you like Rick Devins? Like, do you find him entertaining? Or are you just annoyed by him? Where do you stand? I mean, personally, I find him to be an entertaining figure. I like that he's confident. I think I don't remember if I mentioned this in my little bit that I sent in. I feel like I did. Of the people left... Devins and Julie are the two that aren't just the young, attractive people that Survivor casts. You know what I'm saying? So he's got a little life. He's got a wife. He's got kids. He's got a job. He's got like entertaining backstory. And I think that I think that allows him to have the freedom to like be himself much more so than Victoria and Gavin and Lauren. And for that reason, he's more entertaining just because he has more experience, more confidence, more bravado or like whatever you want to say it is. He I think inherently he is more entertaining for TV because he has more life experience. This statement of our podcast is like put interesting people on the show who've had crazy lives and not just models. They've done a better job of that recently, I think. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. They have done a better job. An interesting person got voted out this week, I think. Uh, I, Aurora, to me, was an interesting person who the show didn't know what to do with her. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> every time we got to spend extended time with her and see how she reacted emotionally to things or how she reacted to 
things happening at camp and fights and stuff like I was always like fascinated by what was going on with her but we'd never really got a full picture of Aurora yeah she was she's been kind of an anomaly it was it was funny because we just spent several minutes talking about the edit but these are the first three lines of my notes on this episode previously on survivor is back gavin takes credit for blindsiding ron aurora talks about how comfortable she feels in her alliance she's gone in parentheses (laughs) so it's like it's so tough to edit it but to get back to more of what you were saying we haven't been able to figure out who aurora is because i honestly think there is something with her that didn't click with other people even thinking about last week in the family visit episode i was like her brother like that's a weird choice but then i was reminded this episode she grew up in the foster care system and has that kind of chip on her shoulder and and whatever goes along with that i can't speak to it because i did not so again this is me just projecting out there and she did she doesn't seem like she ever really meshed with the people of this season. She didn't rub them the wrong way like Reem did, like Wendy did, but she but like never she said, she always felt in. like she was on the outside. Yeah, exactly. And that on top of her being like a buff workout enthusiast who is good at challenges, like not only are you not fitting in socially, you're then kind of painting a target on your back for being good at challenges. And like, it, it stinks, but I don't really know what to do like i'm trying to think through the cast and who could she have been friends with maybe eric maybe chris you know the i picture her being in with like the big athletic guys more than i picture her being in like a girls alliance or kind of a david wright rick devins kind of nerdy not jock alliance like i just i don't know where to place her and i wonder if that's casting for this season or if that is Aurora in any season that she would be cast in. The moment that that felt really highlighted to me was when she was not picked to go on reward and they kept showing her reaction. And I was like, something's going to happen with her in this episode and it's probably going to be her going home because they're spending a lot of time showing random reaction shots. And it kind of made me think that those reward choices feel so meaningful and meaningless at the same time like last week we talked about how everyone was pissed not for not being taken but Mm -hmm. then gavin was saying like oh you know that didn't actually influence our decision but then from the other side of it you think gavin clearly picked lauren and victoria because those are his people and he could have tried to draw aurora in but ultimately he just didn't care which makes me think that the plan that they ended up executing was in discussion even longer than we were shown Mm -hmm. i mean obviously right like if there's only that many people left you gotta think you talk through everything always and they're just kind of intercutting random conversations to make everything look new yeah and let's like for those three victoria gavin and lauren you have to think in their minds they're hoping the vote goes like devin julie aurora and then those three in the final three so it's like they can convince her, no, trust me, you're still in with us. Like, you're still solid in with us. But she ultimately has to know that she's the one that's planning on being left out of final three. Yeah, I, I don't think with this jury she would have won anyway. But I would have been interested to see more about who she was. Maybe maybe not on a show like Survivor. Maybe she's not meant for a show like Survivor, like you said. But mm-hmm. uh, I think she's probably an interesting person. She lives in Florida. Maybe, maybe we'll have her on the podcast sometime. 
Yeah, maybe. I think, um, and I don't watch this show. I used to watch it a little bit at my parents' house. But, like, if her and her brother went on Amazing Race, I feel like that's a much better show for her yeah, <laughs> than something like Survivor. I liked her brother. They seemed like they had a really unique bond. Mm-hmm. I, we should talk about Edge. I, <laughs> number one, I, I'm surprised we made it this far without me bringing this up. But, like, I was infuriated that they didn't bring the edge person back this week i think it's like just nonsense that this is still going on and they just should have brought them back there's nothing else to say about it i'm in total agreement like at this point we're gonna get three hours of survivor next week two and a half hours of that are gonna be sending someone home bringing someone back sending someone home fire making challenge and then 30 minutes of like whatever the reunion show is now (laughs) and (laughs) i just love how our penultimate episode is always the most pessimistic one we ever do (laughs) (laughs) and they needed i don't know i i'm so worried about the jury literally having everybody on it that scares me to death because what if somebody like what if reem came back i don't think people are just gonna i don't think people are just gonna hand reem the million dollars because she spent 37 or 8 days on an island. I mean, this herself. is a worthy question, right? Like if who, depending on who comes back, who the hell has a chance to win out of that group because they're bringing them back so late? If Reem or even like Joe who's been out of the game for like ever, if mm-hmm. if one of those people comes back, how do they make an argument for winning? Like what do you do? I don't even understand it. It's 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 way too late. It should have happened already. It's just like I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, if they did it at like 15 and 10 or something like that or 15 in the merge, I I don't really know how they could have done it, but I feel like bringing someone back at 5 doesn't set up that person for success or the show for success because it's like we'll bring someone back. They had nothing to do. They were a goat. Let's just bring them on to the final 3. So they're going to sit in final 3 and make a ton of money for being out the whole game or the entire jury's going to love them, so they're going to come back, and the people still left are like, well, Devin's is a big threat, but we really got to get rid of Joe anyways. So they get rid of Joe, and then Devin's walks. Like, it's, it's there's no imagine? good way for this to play out. I'm trying to picture a world where a week from now we're talking about Reem winning Survivor. <laughs> like, it's this. that's why this twist ultimately makes no sense, is you're putting people back in the game who have no right to win whatsoever and Mm -hmm. assuming that they're on equal footing when they're not so it's it's weird and i don't understand it i I don't understand why we didn't go there for an episode and a half when we're that close to the end of it and then all of a sudden we Mm -hmm. go there and it's just them reading letters to themselves like what was that okay hold on pause they said they were (laughs) letters to themselves but like at one point it might have been eric or chris whichever one of them a white guy in jeans sitting on the rock and it wasn't like a letter to themselves. They literally had the question at the top piece of paper. Why do you think you can outplay people? Why do you think you can outlast? So it wasn't a letter they wrote to themselves. It was like, describe why you think you'd be good to be on the show. That was it. It wasn't like, remember your family back home. Remember blah, blah, blah. It, and I was like, this isn't a letter to you. This is like an application question. Here's your application. Read it. Either way, Reem's note was very prophetic. It was like, I want to learn to be self-sufficient. I want to learn to be patient. I want to learn to be independent. 
I want to learn to not need things. And I was like, wow, well, then you got your wish. You've just been chilling for Mm -hmm. 30-something whatever days. And, yeah, I I just was bored by it. I was like, they keep trying to turn it into this motivational thing. This, like, everyone's grown and learned so much from this experience. But we've barely spent any time there. It's just, like, such an unearned character development just from, like, a story perspective. We don't care about these people, and we don't feel like they've changed. You're just telling us that they've changed. So, like, cool. Uh, I appreciated David's, I guess. I like David. (laughs) Yeah, David talked about his girlfriend. This is, uh, I wrote the theme of everybody's letter, and it was, just believe in yourself. Rely on what you have on the inside, and that's going to carry you through life situations. Cool. Great. (sighs) Cool. Yeah, cool, period, end of sentence. (laughs) That's how I felt about that. I don't have any other thoughts about it. Nope. Edge of Extinction, please don't come back. That's my thought about it. It's a heck of a lot different than Disney World, that's for sure. Heck of a lot different. Ty, there are five people left, and I think, do you agree with me? Whoever comes back from Edge is not going to win. Can we say that? Can we move past that? I absolutely hope so. If I hope so. I guess I'm hoping, yeah. I mean, if Aubrey <laughs> comes back, I'm an Aubrey fan. If David comes back, I'm a David fan. The other people, I really don't care, to be honest. Joe, I like Joe, but like he's a challenge beast. He's not... I. Guess I want Ron to make the final three so my final three can still come true. Other than that, I don't really have any strong. Yeah, I mean, about it. Jul- Julia winning would be nice, but <laughs> I just don't think that's going to happen. But with the people who are left, how about we do our power rankings for the final time this week, ranking number five through one? We will start with number five. Ty, I have Julia at number five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that right? Uh, I believe so. I'll just say whatever she has done, we've not seen. We haven't gotten to view a Julie that is driving anything, really. And even this week, it was setting up a world where she was just saved by Devons. And everyone kind of wants to be with her at the end, it seems. I don't know what argument she could really make. And uh, yeah, I I don't think there's a lot of question there. Nothing against her, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. uh, what about number four? Who's, who do you got at number four? Number four for me, I have uh, Victoria, which is weird because I honestly think she has one of the best strategic minds left in the game from the few times we've got to see her talk strategy. But if you think about the alliance she's in of Gavin, Lauren, Victoria, for some reason, the editing is making it look like she is third place out of those three. So for that reason, yeah. I have her at four, even though... Personally, I think she's probably a better player than Gavin or Lauren. Or maybe even Devin's, I don't know. But she's my number four. You know, sometimes I want the world to look a certain way. And I will just make it that way. Despite whatever is being shown to me. Mm -hmm. And Devin's is my number four because I just like am not impressed by him (laughs) showboating constantly. And I don't think it means anything. I, I think that the, even if the jury voted for him to win, I would just tell you that the jury is wrong. And <laughs> he's my number four because of everything I said already in this episode. He just has not ever been in on any vote. And he just has driven nothing. Mm. Wow. Much lower than I anticipated. <laughs> be the change you wish to see in the world, Ty. And see the change you wish to be. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Who's your number three? All right, number three. And this one's for points now, correct? 
Uh, I guess I could. We could give them all points, but no, we'll just do the top three to get points. Okay. By the way, before we get into the top three, I should say that our power rankings currently, based off of that framework, three points for first place, two points for second, one point for third, as we've tallied up the whole season. Do you have a guess for who number one is at this point? Uh, Lauren. Lauren has 25 points uh, despite only having one first place vote the whole season. So she's just been quietly doing good things, I guess, to consistently. She's had points every week except seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Devins has gotten all of his points except for one within the last four weeks. And he is in second place with 15, 10 points behind her. Victoria in third with 13. Gavin, only four. Aurora, only two. Julie, none. And then <laughs> several people who are out of the game who have a lot of points, like Ron and the War Dog, for instance, have 20 and 17. So they have mm-hmm. more than Rick still. And Joe is ahead of Victoria still, but below Rick. David is ahead of Gavin and Aurora still, as well as Wentworth. So uh, I used to say, because it happened a couple seasons in a row, that our power rankings were really good predictors of what was going to happen. But because of how many threats have been voted out early and often, I'm not really sure what it means. I, I, I guess the fact that Lauren is on top heading into this final week is interesting. Maybe, uh, maybe we're on to something. I think it means that we're the old men stuck in our ways, you know? We're not, we haven't kept up with the way Survivor's evolving, but... Anyway, who's your number three? Number three is number one in the rankings, Lauren. And even though I think that she possibly tilted the scale and getting Aurora voted out with that alliance, she had to go to Gavin and Victoria like to get the okay in it. And that just shows me she's not in an actual powerful position. So I feel like while she was Well, what do you want, people it, to come to her and tell her to make a move? How else are you supposed to do it? No, because it wasn't like she was, hey, let's do this. And they were like, oh, yeah, okay. She was like, hey, let's do this. And they were like, oh, let's think about this. Let's check. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't... Like it feels more equal to you? Equal or almost like she's the kid being brought along by Gavin and Victoria in that sense. So Hmm. I, I think she came up with the idea, but it wasn't entertained in like she is the power player in that alliance. So for that... She is my number three. My number three is Gavin. I think just because we've seen so little of him doing anything for most of the season until his wife came to visit. Mm. And then all of a sudden he was like this emotional character we're supposed to root for. I just don't know what he has done. In our power rankings, for instance, the only time he got points were week eight and week 10. And I believe week 10 was when he helped orchestrate the war dog vote out maybe or at least was involved in it i'm I'm blanking on the exact details of all these votes at this point so yell at me on twitter i love when people do that but (laughs) yeah i just i don't have a lot of thoughts on him generally and yet i feel like he's in this group of three that's controlling things so yeah well you might have him at number three i have him at number two because for the exact same reasons I just talked about Lauren, Lauren had to go to Gavin in order to make something happen. And I feel like Gavin's word holds more weight than Lauren and Victoria's. And now that I'm saying that out loud, it's almost like a women in the workplace thing. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) oh boy. But I just feel like Gavin has more say in that group of three than the other two do. Whether that's fair or not, I feel like that's the way it is which is the <laughs> women in the workplace metaphor playing out. I can't stop 
I can't stop thinking about Angelina's tweet from last week of like, what if Devin's was a woman, a woman and imagining like Angelina, for instance, doing the things that he's doing in tribal and how much of a villain she would be. Like, it's just kind of funny to me, but Victoria is the person I have it too. I feel like I'm kind of looking at the whole game and seeing her orchestrating a couple of things, Aubrey, Ron mainly. And also being in a good position. I think she's smart. I think Gavin was afraid to bail on her because he needs her. And I think they need each other, which is why it's kind of hard to separate them. But she just has shown a bit more prowess to me. And I'm, I, I would say she is my number two player heading into the final week. I guess everyone can figure out who both of our number ones in are by this point. But Number one for me, Rick Devins. Why? Because the jury loves him. <clears throat> Excuse me. They love him so much. That was, yeah, it was not an emotional voice crack. That was like, I guess some pretzel got stuck in my throat. Ty has um. been eating pretzels this entire podcast. Soft um, pretzels. He's been eating full soft pretzels they're from not, Auntie Anne's. They're, no, they're, I think they're sourdough pretzels. They're de- absolutely delicious. If anyone has ever tried Utz sourdough hey, pretzels Come i don't know why us. i'm showing you come back to us no one's gonna see this <laughs> number one rick devins because the jury loves him and he has an idol to get the top three i don't or to get the top four and then from there i don't really know what's gonna happen but he and lauren still have idols left to play and he's just he's getting the winner edit and i guess i'm being a sucker for it but when the jury loves him as much as the jury loves him, that's a really good sign for you if you make it to Final Tribal. I like to think I'm consistent about this in that Lauren is my number one because she is the middle person right now to me where she can dictate whatever's going to happen now because there's a really clear line between Gavin and Victoria and Rick and Julie, and Lauren helped orchestrate this move to take out someone from within the four and still is kind of in a middle spot where it feels like she has a lot of power depending on who comes back from extinction and she has i think never had a vote cast for her this season i'd have to double check that if she has it was like one or two Mm. and yet has managed to help make a lot of big moves and hold on to an idol the entire time so i'm Partially optimistic, partially factoring in my look at our power rankings and seeing that we awarded her so many times and thinking like, oh, she really has put together a good game. And of course, she was my preseason winner pick. So what else am I supposed to do but go into the finale riding that? I think that if she jumps over to a Julie Devins Lauren trifecta next week, then that would be the big move on her resume that I'm like, okay, you're right. She was the best player. This week felt like her moment to me. When she brought that idea up, she was at risk of having Victoria and Gavin turn on her, I thought. Mm -hmm. And it felt like this is Lauren's moment, but then Rick came and stole the spotlight anyway. I do think what you're saying is a good opportunity for her to really undercut him and be like, you know what? Everybody was trying to take out Rick. I jumped over here, did my own thing, and look who's in control now. And maybe that could work, but... We'll have to see. We will have to see, Ty, the finale of Survivor coming right at you. How do you are you excited? Are you just ready to be done with it? How are you? <laughs> I'm excited. I'm also very ready to be done with it. Um, 
I really like podcasting. I'm really in need of a break from podcasting. Don't let the people in, Ty. I know. I'm, try- I'm trying not to. I mean, I did completely, but I am <laughs> I am looking forward to this last episode. I hope it's a fun one. I hope Devin's still remains entertaining. I hope we get to see a little more strategy from him rather than just winning immunity to get to the finals. That's That's fine, and that's a decent way to win, I guess, but I hope that something happens and like i said a few seconds ago that lauren flip or something entertaining like that could be really awesome i'm hoping that we can have one of our favorite people come back to join us to give ty a little energy boost get us through the finale and into the off season of survivor for myself i also just want some chaos some interesting things to happen i would like edge of extinction to go away forever so those are my thoughts those are ty's and that's been uh, week 12 of on the island our famously negative episode of the season (laughs) and we'll be back for the finale that's when we're all optimism right ty all optimism 100 percent. we get to see the sia award just kidding i don't think she gives away money anymore we get to see all the stars back we get to hear about whatever is happening next season on the way to season 40 which should be entertaining I'm just going to trail off in a way that makes it like <laughs> you unclear whether I want to keep talking or not. And that's how we'll end every episode, as we <laughs> always do, with us trailing off, wondering, leaving you wondering if we're done talking. We're working harder than everybody else, like Rick Devins here on the island. And we are thankful for you for listening. Go write a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Go listen on Spotify or wherever. And tell people you love the show, or just tell people about the show. That it's a great thing that exists in the world just for you and people like Ernest. <laughs> Shout out to Ernest. And of course, check out our other podcast, Natural Selection, where we watched every Pixar movie and ranked them and now are letting the people vote on the greatest Pixar movie of all time in our bracket, our Natural Selection bracket. So go find that. That's a lot of fun and I'm very excited about it. Uh, yeah, that's it. Bye. Bye. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right.